yeah, it was there, like in front of my face. Who was there? Jesus. And I was scared. I honestly was scared because I thought, if this is Jesus, I am in trouble. What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua Rubin, and this is the Wide Awake Podcast. Today, my guest is Rian Svigler. He was the co-founder of the first satanic church in South Africa, and he is also a spiritual medium. Welcome to the studio, Rian. Thank you. It's so good to be back here. Yeah, I know. It's amazing to have you here again. Um, obviously, we had our conversation last time, and you know, a lot has changed since then. So I thought, I thought it would be awesome to get you back on here just to share everything and uh, talk about what's been going on for you. Yes. Um, just to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, from kind of the start of your life till the time you started the Satanic Church? Sure, why not? Um, that's a very good question or probably a very good thing to, to ask and to explain for context, I think. So ever since I can remember as a child, I mean, I grew up on a very, um, or in a very average, let's call it middle-class Afrikaans, Calvinistic, um, or some people might say nationalistic type of um, environment in that type of household. Um, and then because of things that I've seen as a child and experience, spirituality and religion and that type of thing was always, I was always intrigued by those things. And then, those those people watching that that comes from kind of the same background growing up in the 80s you would know that you know you go to the Inge church every sunday um Inge character i think it's it's dutch reformed that's the proper i think english translation so grew up very average both parents um both parents still alive and um together so grew up like that um went to various schools because my parents um, had to move about every two to three years because of the bank industry that time. So they were they were both in the bank industry. So we were moving around quite a bit. And I think, yeah, since high school, I started feeling that I do not belong in the church as it was at the time. Like there's not a place for me because I've I obviously experienced things differently. And I never had that connection um, with God or what it what people told me it's supposed to be. So I saw other people, or I heard other people at least talking about it, but I never experienced it. I also between the age of 14 to 16, had to deal with the fact or, or come to realize that I am gay. That that was quite a big thing for me at that time, quite a big um, emotional crisis and a, and, a, and a thing to go through. And, um, sh you know, trying to talk to various people that I respected about it. Um, and it was met with a lot of negativity and rejection, um, as well as from my parents, because I think also because of their um, religious beliefs at the time and um, what the church in the 80s would told people is that homosexuality is, you know, it's a sin and you're condemned and you're going to go to hell. And certainly a lot of gay people that I've met through my life, um, their parents, especially the ones growing up in the 80s and, and early 90s to a degree, said the same thing to them. So then you start questioning, okay, so if I am this negative, ugly, sinful being um, that this God is so angry at, why then would I, 
that I'm too ashamed to actually go to a church or show my face in a church. Anyway, um, moving forward, and we don't have to talk too much about the ability to see today. I don't think we'll have time for it, but there's so many incidents throughout my childhood. and um, You're I, talking about being a medium. Yes. Well, um, also, I... I, I also think it's important for context to say being a medium is one thing, being a psychic is something else, being a spiritual medium is also something else. So it's it's almost three different things. And and I think a lot of people hear these things and they think fortune telling, you know, like it's a crystal ball and da, da, da. and it certainly isn't, although the psychic part might be. But I've never really um, resonated with that and my ability um, or my gift as I see it today, I, I finally see that as a gift. I've never saw it as a gift either. I just knew I I can do it and then you try to quantify quantify things um being also like i said after i wanted to say after high school being more of an atheist so it was i was i was in a very like almost a space where i couldn't marry a lot of things about me you didn't know where you belong yes because so, on the one side i see i i saw a lot of things you know like people's um, energy and things around them number one just started that and i saw this people Dis, like deceased um, or people who have um, passed away um, before they would pass away I would have visitations from, from these people and after they passed away I would so I would have I later realized that I can foretell when people would, would things like that and when you saw those things would you tell people would you warn them or would you keep it to yourself no I kept it to myself because I already felt so rejected and I already felt as a child and I mean this was from early age I'm talking about three, four years old. So I, I know, I remember the time when I told my mother she's pregnant. I remember that. And she, I could, I was four years old. And she said to me, no. And like, and, and I said, yes, you are. Like, I'm going to have a sister. And she said, but how? How do you know this? And I said, Jesus told me. Because as a child, anything that looks angelic, and because, I, you know, we were reading like children's Bibles and you see these little pictures of people with halos and lights. So you think all of it is Jesus and um, I mean I only I know that's probably the crux of the story where we're going I really only know the last month what Jesus Christ actually looks like so before we get there yes how did you get involved with Satanism okay so now we're skipping years and years ahead let's skip to like we, we're now going to talk about five years ago because that's when it kind of started so um, as I worked in the let's call it the holistic industry or the esoteric industry um over the last 20 years i was introduced to a lot of different things and in my search for god i pursued a lot of things and i didn't know i'm searching for god i thought i was searching for divinity or that that connection so i've been through traditional healing i've been through buddhism i've been through a lot of things searching and then it would be like a year and it's like okay that was the fad and that let's move on um so when I've, I've read every religious text ever written, and five years ago was the first time I read the Satanic Bible. Okay, so because I was at a place in my life where it was almost like nothing is working, I don't belong anywhere, I'm being rejected all the time, um, Christians are and were horrible people, 
I saw them as horrible people because I never, and I, I'm, I can still say that today, I've never experienced the love of Christ through a Christian. There's four Christians, and I've said this in the video as well, that have actually or has actually shown me that, that what I could say that, okay, so that is the love of Christ in retrospect, because when I actually experienced Christ for the first time, I could say, oh, okay, so now I, I, I see that those four people, um, and did you not recognize it at the time? When when I met these people? Yes. No, no, I didn't. Okay. I didn't recognize it. I just, I was almost shocked um, with those four people that finding out they are Christians, that they can show me this, un, this like much unconditional love and acceptance, being a Satanist at the time. It was like, because even before, and, and this is the point I'm trying to bring across here, is that even before I got involved in Satanism, I've never experienced a Christian um, or people who claim they are Christians showing me unconditional love. Or I don't even think a lot of them know the love of Christ. I, I, I don't think they do. Um, so is it fair to say, because I saw in a statement that you made that one of the things you say a lot of Satanists have in common yes. is that they're lost and that they are broken people. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say that? From my experience, yes, absolutely. And I know that there is now things going around the media where people are very upset for me saying that. But I'm going to stand by it, absolutely. And I was certainly very broken, but I didn't know it. You see, this is the thing. So what I was getting to is that five years ago, when I, when I read the Satanic Bible and the philosophy, and the philosophy is based on showing people that you are being an outcast, that you are actually a Satanist, and that's why other people don't like you, is because you are actually born a Satanist. And if you resonate with this philosophy, and you you feel your, which a lot of Satanists do. And I mean, I was broken. I was extremely hurt and broken going through certain experiences, and people telling me I'm going to hell and that God hates me. That that people in clergy. I'm not talking about just Christians. I'm talking about pastors. I'm talking about. Um, ministers, I'm talking about um, spiritual counselors, whatever they were called themselves in, in those churches, people like that, people that I went to, to experience um, some type of acceptance or understanding of who I am. So I was so angry at Christianity and religion at the time that when I read the Satanic Bible and it's also written from a place of extreme anger. The problem with anger is a lot of people think it's power, and it's two completely different things. Being angry and power and being powerful is it's completely separate. But people don't they don't understand it. I think it's one of the things that we need to educate people on. It's like when are you angry and when are you actually being powerful? And we can see it in consequences. We can see it in people's lives. If you look at people who are angry and you look at their lives, I mean, hello, it should speak for itself. Powerful people, people who bring about change in the world, they're not angry. They are very powerful because they can be a conduit for change, touching people's lives, creating opportunities, um, making the world a better place. That is power. I think I think anger is 
can be powerful because if, yes. if you direct it in the right way. Yes, and certainly with satanic rituals. Um, and I don't want to talk too much, and I've said this, and I'll say it again, it's not just because of a non-disclosure agreement. That you won't speak about what goes on in the church? No. Certain things? No, I can't speak about it publicly. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, there's two people that I was shown I can trust with the information because they have a calling to deliver people from Satanism. That's not the work I'm going to focus on. But the two people that... that was shown to me by God that I can trust. I will tell them everything. And I know that they're not going to expose people. It's because they need to do work where they deliver people. So, yes, certainly. But coming back to your point, and that's where I agree with you, is that, yes, if you direct that anger in ritual, it can have an effect. Yes, and I, I've seen it. I've done it. I've, I've practiced witchcraft for almost 15 years before I got involved in Satanism. So all that anger and rejection that I felt, I could funnel it and use that to, to make things happen. So going back, you've now discovered Satanism, right? How long were you practicing Satanism for before you started the church? Okay, two years. Okay, so the church is three years old. The church in its in its um, official capacity is three years old. But so some of the people that is still involved with the church have been Satanists for 20 years and longer because I think also a lot of people had a perception that I am the South African Satanic Church, me. And I wasn't. I was the face. Um, I took on a position in the church because I wasn't scared to be the face of that at the time and because I resonated with the philosophy and that was the first time where I felt okay so this is a community or a philosophy or let's call it religion that I can relate and belong to because I felt this stuff all my life not realizing that what I was feeling since the age of five was hurt so much pain and it's only since last week where I can start talking about these things without getting emotional because I do feel that healing has taken place. And I also think it's important to, for anybody who, who, who's going through pain and things to talk. And, and that's why I think when I, I put the video out that, that's gone viral now is that I say at the beginning of the video, this is not, I'm not year to warn people against you know this or that or I was I'm and I'm still talking from a personal space and from what I've experienced and I'm not telling anybody you shouldn't do this and that and this should be your religion and this it doesn't matter and it doesn't matter to God either in terms of religion when it comes to the light let's call it the light things it doesn't matter so I'm not I'm not going to be one of those people going out and preaching to people and no i've had an opportunity and you're very welcome to cut this out out <laughs> of the video if you want but on my way here so a lot of christians will will say things like we should go out into the world and tell everybody to be christian no 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 if you love people that is how people will know that you are the disciples of Christ. So I was at the petrol station and somebody came to me and said, I do not know why, but I feel I want to talk to you. I want to share something with you. 
And this woman spoke about all the drug abuse and rape that she's experienced. And she said, I feel like God... Sorry, I just it's it's I could relate to this stuff. So I just feel like God has never looked after me or been there for me. And I could tell her, I said to her, look. And I said to her, let me show you what it looks like. And I held her and I said to her, This is what happened. And I, I could tell her exactly why she got involved in drugs and why she was raped and what why this had to happen to her. And it was extremely emotional because these things are people. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with getting emotional about these things because it touches us. That's that's how God works. It's here. It's our hearts. And she said to me that because we had the conversation and, and uh, yes, it was extremely private. But I and I and I showed her why certain things has happened, and it's because of choices. But we are so easy to say, put this pettiness on God and saying, "But God is doing this." It's not. It's us. We make choices. Things happen. Do you understand? So, when I showed her that perspective, she said she feels that she can now ask God to reveal Him themselves, because God isn't just male either. So I can see that there's been a big switch in your your personality recently, and um, it's healing. I think one thing that I'm getting out of what you're saying here is that, and I want to talk about this a little bit later. Sure, but often, I mean, we're all going through a lot. You know, everyone is going through a lot. Absolutely, and the world is in pain. There's a lot of, like you say, there's a lot of pain in the world. And sometimes it just takes, you don't need to tell someone what to do, but, and we'll get into this later, but like someone showed you love, often when you do that to someone else, it's a lot more powerful than preaching. Yes. Um, and but that's where they get it wrong. I want to get back to, just so we can go in, in order here and kind of get the, the full story. Sure. So you, you were the leader of the, or the co-founder of the Satanic Church, right? And you were the one that really... I think you and you and your co-founder really put it on the map. Yes. Can you tell us why you wanted to take it so public? Because, again, coming from a place of anger and showing a lot of people, let me, and again, you said earlier, if you use anger, it can be powerful. That's, that whole thing was drove. And it's still driven by anger and pain. And because I was so angry, and because I have, again, it, I call it the gift today, of sight, I saw what I can do to make this happen. And I used all of it, all of that energy and anger. And I funneled it into it, and I, and I pushed it. And that's what happens. And, and the world can see today, this is what God showed me, and it's beautiful. The world can see today that if you if you neglect people, that is that happens. But that's a choice. Again, it comes back to choice. So that's what my life looked like when I chose darkness. You felt so rejected that Yes. So So I embodied I embodied something. The hate. 
And I said, okay, so let me give it back to you. Yeah. That's that's why I pushed it so hard. To, and I'm being very sincerely and honest now with you. So that's why. And because of because of that anger and how powerful it was, it worked and we pushed it into the world and everybody knew. So the beautiful thing today though, and I know there's people that will disagree with me, is that what is happening at the moment and what is going to happen hereafter is this is what the other choice looks like. And that I'm seeing it as I'm sitting here right now. Because I said to you when we started this interview, I don't understand what the fuss is about my salvation. I don't get it. I don't understand why it's gone so public. But I see it now as I'm sitting here. It's that people can see there is a choice. There is a choice. And... The love that, that I've experienced through through Christ is what I want to share with people. So yeah. Before we before we get there, I wanna I wanna kind of get more recent now. Yes. So coming to what's happening now. So I wanna know can you tell us why you decided to leave the satanic Absolutely. church? Starting from the Cape Talk interview yes. and the encounter you had with one of the people that work there. Yeah. Up so, until um the present day. Mm. So it was in the first half of May. The interview was still posted. Um, so people can go and check when the interview was. I think it might have been the 13th or the 14th of May, if I remember correctly. But so Cape Talk invited me to come and do an interview there. And for two years, up to then, I've, I've done a lot of, well, let's say three or four interviews with Cape Talk. And then there was a, there's a woman that she produces content for them, etc. So she was always the one contacting me and saying, would you come on the show? Da, da, da. I'm like, sure. And I kind of liked her. I, you know, the way we were WhatsApping and never met her in person because of COVID. So a lot of the shows was um, online, phone etc and then on that day in may i went again to represent the church the south african satanic church for the first time to their studios so had the interview first and afterwards she came out from her office and she said you know what it's it's so amazing to meet you in person and she said and wow and she didn't ask me she just like hugged me and for for quite a while I, let's say embrace rather i think is the more accurate word and i thought well i felt sorry i, I didn't think i felt that this is like wow like this amount of love and acceptance coming from this person um that i've and it's probably because we've been chatting on whatsapp that she kind of feels like she knows me so about a week later, I was scrolling through WhatsApp, um, and I don't really check people's statuses because it irritates me, to be honest. And But I thought, oh, I'm bored. Let me see what people are up to. And I don't want to go on Facebook because I'm irritated on social media. And then I saw she had a, a, a status update, and there was a picture from the Bible, from the King James Bible. 
And I said, and I thought to myself, no, but the, the, on, like my first thought is, this can't be, like this woman can't be a Christian because the way she um, accepted me and the way she embraced me after the things I've said in the interview, and then I'm like, okay, cool, but maybe she is, it's fine. So another week went by. So now we are at the 24th, 25th of May. There was a church council meeting and everybody got together and we were talking about what would the next steps be to move the church forward. And like we had these meetings quite often. So you were, you were strategizing of ways to get more members and kind of bring the message from the church out to more people. Yeah, it wasn't about members because the church has, or when I left, um, had... Yeah, this is one of the things I can't really disclose, but they've got enough members throughout the country. Let's let's put it that way. So they 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 because I've always used my then let's call it ability to see things like what. So they asked me to do it. They said we need to do a ritual here, either eight people, like just the management and the council with you, or why don't you try this by yourself and let us know what you saw? Because I've done that throughout the last two years, a lot for the South African Satanic Church. To what is see this? To do a ritual to see what? Well, not a ritual. So this is the part. So it's, it's like it was doing readings using different methods of divination to see what is the next thing we need to do to get this thing bigger and more. So they said... Instead of doing like, you know, your little cards and blah, 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 um, why don't you do this ritual? Um, why don't you do that, that ritual? And I say to them, okay, but that ritual, and because I've read about it and I've studied a lot of the symbols in the ritual and stuff, and I said, that is invoking, that would be me invoking a demonic cluster. A cluster, a demonic cluster is a group of certain demons that, that has a certain principality. And I've never done that. I just want to say that as well. So I've never actually worked with demons in rituals, and certainly there's other people who do. I know for a fact. So I was a bit resistant, but I'm like, okay, cool. If this is what we need to do, and if I'm going to benefit from it, because at that time, um, I mean, I've made a lot of money. I'm going to be also very honest. I've made a lot of money from the sort of African satanic church. Um, and again, I can't disclose certain things, but, and I've also made a lot of money from practicing witchcraft for, for clients and doing different things. So I said, okay, if this benefits me in that way, I'll do it. I will open myself up to the spirit world, to a place that I've never gone because I've always never felt like I want to go that deep into it because I have the ability. So why do I need to? But I said, okay, I'll do this ritual. So I, I started doing the ritual um, by myself. And I did the first part of it. And then suddenly, <laughs> yeah, it was there, like in front of my face. And I, because Who was there? Jesus. And I, because I didn't, I've never believed in Christ up to that point. And being extremely scientifically minded and, and an atheist and all of those things, I said, no, like this is either a demon playing a trick with me and, or 
I am hallucinating. Like I was, and I was scared. I honestly was scared because I thought if this is Jesus, I am in trouble. And I said to him, I'm scared. Sorry. And he flooded me with love, with so much love. And that's when I recognized it, from that woman at the radio station. It was the same thing. And from two other people that showed it to me a year before when I was extremely ugly to them. They just loved me unconditionally. And sorry, it's still... It's just, it was such a powerful experience. And I said to him, but I don't believe it. I can't believe this because I've looked for this my whole life. And he said, well, not, you've never opened yourself up for it. And I realized, yes, I, this was the first time I've opened my, myself up that much to the spiritual world. To the, the, and I said to him, but what about like God, and so, and he said, if you want to talk to God, we can do it. And I, I was so exhausted. I, I, I can't tell you, and I can't quantify it, or I can't tell you this is how, how long it lasted, or I can't remember, but I remember I, I was exhausted. I was so drained, and I almost didn't have the energy, and I and I remember also I fell to the floor because it was too much. The energy in the space was so intense, and that love and it it encompassed like everything. And I I remember I got up and I locked up everything at the at the church building, and I got I went to my car and I smoked two cigarettes, and I drove home, and I kind of like. I was trying, and it was very late at night, and I was I was trying to like figure this out and reason it out. And I went to bed, and the next morning, I woke up. And you know what? It, there was a sense of two things. I was very at peace, and it's, it's like everything went quiet. Like the world went quiet. And I realized that my life, this was the end of mine, will never be the same again. And I know this is, I know you said you can't really quantify it or understand a lot of it, but just because I've never experienced anything like that yeah. before, I want to kind of, I want to know more about it because it's hard for someone that's never experienced it. Exactly. To I understand. was there, but exactly, but you see, I was, was there. I mean, was this something, were, were your eyes closed when this happened? Was your eyes open? So did you physically see Jesus? Yes. And was it like he was interacting with the space or was it more of like you felt him? So I saw him standing there, um, Middle Eastern descent, and his eyes was too intense to look at. It was like I... I I couldn't, he has the most beautiful, kind, deep eyes. Like I, I, I couldn't look at it too long. I remember that and I started looking down and I saw his heart and then I felt it. 
And that's when, when I say to him, with my actual mouth, not in my mind, I am scared. That's when he flooded me. And the conversations with God started happening two, three days later, which is another experience. And was the conversation with Jesus like a conversation we're having like now? Like you and me are having right now. You were having like a proper conversation. Yes. And I have to ask this. No, you have to. I'm but was he, did he look like the pictures of Jesus that we see today? Yes and no. So like I said, Middle Eastern um, and long hair, and the eyes, the, the eyes is just like, that's still staying with me. And, and, I, and I, I started questioning my, my rational mind for about two to three days. And then I remembered because um, what I got from him is like, I'm not gonna be able to speak to God the way I've tried it when I was a Christian, like going on your knees. And I went, I started going to the beach a lot. I would wake up three o'clock in the morning and I would drive to the beach and started walking in the dark, sometimes obviously until sunrise. And then I started having conversations. So God, I haven't seen like I saw Jesus, but I have conversations with God. Um, so it, that's a bit different, if that makes sense. It, it does make sense. Okay. And why do you think Jesus... And, and God entered your life at that very moment? Like, what was it about that moment that they wanted to either show themselves or intervene? I asked the same question. I mean, were you going I've, through something? Or? No, this is the thing. And, I, and I, the people I've spoken about, about to, to about this before I had, could publicly reside and stuff, they, they, they said to me, like, but why? Why did this happen? And did it? Uh, and I ask God a lot of questions, things that I've, as an atheist, I've always said, but these are the like 10, 20 reasons why they can't be a God. So all those questions is the conversations that, that I've been having. And I got answers to all the questions like that we as people want to know. I've got it. And that's the information that we're putting out there in, over the next while. But I asked the same question. I said, why? And he said to me, because I need you for the kingdom of God. And I need you now. I, I didn't, we didn't need it before, but what is happening and what is coming is we need we need the people with the gifts to, to see and open and be open for what is happening in the world and, and what is coming. And that's why it's now. Because people need to start seeing what it's about. It's about love. Because we're going into a, a, a long period of time where choice is going to be the important thing. And it's going to be the choice between light or dark. So those things I've seen, but we have it very wrong as humans. We, we still think it's about what religion you follow, and it's not. It's actually not. So I don't know how much you want to talk about this stuff, and that's why I was at the beginning of the interview. Do we just talk about this experience, or do we start talking about 
what has happened. And sorry to in interrupt you. That's why I don't do interviews. Because I do not think and I do not know if everybody is ready for this information. With you, though, and this is another thing, because I know that you are not a believer and it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I'm not, again, I'm not the person that's going to go to people because I hated that when people did that with me. Everybody has to experience it for themselves. But I've said no to 34, this morning 35 already, interviews in the last week. And I've said yes to three. I was very surprised when you said yes to me. Because you are a beautiful person. And I don't, I don't mean that in a, um, I'm attracted to you, because we are so confused as humans, like when you think somebody else is beautiful, there's a, something dirty and sexual about it. There isn't. You are a beautiful person. And Thank I you. love you. I, I love you so much, Josh. I love everybody. And this is another thing. People think, they must think I'm insane. I would have. But the love I feel for people the love that God has shown me he, that he or they have for people. I think a lot of the time as well, passion can often get confused with insanity. Yes. Where when someone's so, pa sure. when someone's so passionate about something, they want to, like when, I, when I'm so passionate about something, all I want to do is share it yes. and um, experience it with other people because that is the human experience. The, I think my life would be very meaningless without any form of connection. I think all of ours would, you know. Definitely. Um, so if I'm feeling happy or if I'm feeling excited about something and I, I know someone else could benefit from it or someone else could also feel that way, why wouldn't I want to share it with them? Yes, exactly. And the other thing is um, when I saw... And this was right at the beginning, like more than a month ago, when I saw and felt grace for the first time. In my mind, and again, when we bring our mind into it, I'm like, it's too good to be true. And why would I deserve it? Until I was shown, but everybody does. It is for everybody. And I, and I, I begged God for forgiveness for a lot of things. And what I keep on getting was, I'm not... There's no, there's nothing to forgive. It's, it's part of your, it was part of your life. It's, I've prepared you for something. And I am preparing you for something. And I'm also, I'm not, I'm not very special. I'm not a special person. I don't consider myself that. Everybody has gifts and abilities. It's beautiful. I, I understand it. I understand what it's all about. Why certain people are brilliant with music why you are a good communicator and a catalyst and getting information it's your gift it's how this whole thing comes together it's it all fits it's insane it is it's and i and I, it's right in front of our eyes it's like i'm i told a, a friend i've told a friend a lot of things so he said to me yesterday it's like you went from the basement to the penthouse I think also what you're saying is everyone is good at their own thing. Oh, sorry. And yes. 
if every if everyone was good at everything, no one would need each other. There we but go. The fact that we all have our own unique talents and our own unique way of going about things is precisely we need each other to make things work. We do. And often, I think a lot of the time, ego gets in the way, and um, you're right. You you don't want to reach out for help and it kind of breaks that chain where it does. now something that should be getting done isn't getting done. But Correct. I want, to, I want to get back to what we were speaking about earlier. Uh, how do you feel about Satanism now? So, again, this you're the first person that I'm having an interview with about this stuff. I don't regret being involved in Satanism. I don't. Um, because... I've seen it for what it is now, and that it's a very small thing. It's, it's a very small thing. It doesn't actually have a big consequence. It's, it's almost like it's Satanism, if I can put it the way that, that God has shown it to me. It's a T-junction. It's you are at a crossroads, at a very, very far end of a crossroads that you going to have to turn left or right. Satanism is that. So Satanism isn't the darkest place that a person can go to, although it is very dark. So that is how I feel about it. And I'm certainly not encouraging people by saying that to, to dabble into it. But if this is another thing that I've seen. And again, my experience, I'm talking from my experience. If it wasn't for Satanism, I wouldn't be here. It was part of the journey. Yes. And it has prepared me for a lot of things. But I'm not saying that, oh, I'm happy. I'm happy that I got involved in it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I understand and I... It's part of the journey. Yes. Yes. And as one of the leaders of the community as someone who was seen as one of the leaders of the community, do you feel like you've disappointed the people that followed and believed in you? No, I feel I have disappointed people that I led to Satanism. So there's a, there's a difference. So there's, there's about six people out of thousands and thousands of people that is still involved with the South African Satanic Church that I've led them there. So that I also had to get forgiveness for, I felt, which I got. And certainly I hope, and it's not to convert people, but I hope and pray that their eyes will open. Because if it can happen to me, this is the thing. And this is what I said to this lady at the prayer session this morning. If it can happen to me. It can happen to anyone. Because I was the most skeptical person. And I thought, because of the work that I've been doing for 20 years, even before I got involved in Satanism, that I know the spiritual world so well. And I mean, I'm, and I'm being very, again, honest, I'm very good, or I used to be very good at doing the work I did. Very, I'm like, really. I was, I was considered, and probably still am till today, one of the top mediums, or then, let's call it psychics, of the time and obviously the gifts that i have i'm going to use it differently now and it's about healing people it's about helping people and what has the reaction been from the people at the satanic church and also the general public since you've announced your departure yeah so remember all this has happened over two months i could only announce it a week ago 
So people think this happened recently. It didn't. This was a process. So the management or the, let's call it the council of the church, they probably knew first. And obviously my husband, um, he knew because I told him about all this stuff. And two other people that are close to me. So, And what was your co the, the co-founder of the Satanic Church? What was her reaction? So, oh, are you talking about Audrey? Yes. So Audrey, because we've been friends for a long time, um, she said to me, she doesn't understand it, but she, because she, she, as a Satanist, she says, you have to respect other people's, um, you know, choices and things and, um, it would be sad for her, obviously, not to be able to work with me anymore, etc. But she she respects it, and she is still trying to have a connection with me. So, the rest of the people that are still members, they are not allowed to speak to me. They're not allowed to talk to me. So you've been completely cut off from all yes. those relationships. Yeah. So I had to go and block. I I got a list, and again, I can't. Yeah, but of a lot of people, I had to block on Facebook, and then they were told on their side they 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 should rather not because of I don't know why. I mean, we can all come to conclusions or why they shouldn't. So that has happened, and I would also say from the the satanic community, if you want to call it that, I didn't get much. Um, resistance although apparently on facebook there's a lot of stuff going on but i i don't know it doesn't matter josh mm. um a lot of things that i would have cared about two three months ago doesn't matter it doesn't matter once i can't unsee what i saw and you said you explained everything to your your partner what how does he feel about everything so bless his heart <laughs> Um, we've been married for nine years. So he also, he said to me, he will back me and he'll be in my corner all the time. He doesn't have to agree with the way I see the world. But that I don't think that's what a marriage is about. A marriage is about supporting each other and being in each, having each other's back no matter what is going on. And even if you don't agree with that person, because you made a commitment on a spiritual level, whatever you want to see it. And I mean, we've been together long time before I was involved in Satanism and all those things. So it's not about now Satanism versus this. It's not like we're on two opposite sides. Our marriage is built on something like it's a soul connection. And is, is he still a Satanist? No, no, okay. no. Um, truth being told that he was actually quietly leaving satanism earlier this year already okay. i was actually quite upset with him to be very honest <laughs> at the time isn't it funny that is a bit funny isn't yeah. it the way so things work he's, out. he's very much agnostic in his views mm -hmm. and again it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me and because of what i've seen what anybody believes do you understand mm -hmm. it doesn't matter i don't have to convert people i don't have to convince people um and I know it doesn't matter, obviously, but mm. when you put out the video, it did go very, very public. I think a lot more public than you thought it was. Of course. Um, yeah, and I see now why, literally. Have like, you received a lot of love? I have. I have, but I've, I have a lot of Christians questioning. Um, why? No, my salvation. But then I question the Holy Spirit in them.
if you if you as a believer if you claim to be a believer and a christian and you question my salvation i'm going to question the holy spirit in you like if you actually have the holy spirit and also it's about whether you believe god can do this or not obviously that type of thing but again it doesn't matter it, it doesn't actually bother me um but no i haven't had a lot of negativity i've had mostly support and people saying um this is amazing and and it's like in awe and a lot of people have prayed for this um not so much what I'm going through or have been, but obviously that in some way I and and I think according to certain definitions, I'm not a Christian. Do you understand that? Mm. So a lot of people will will not call me a Christian, saying you're not, and that that label doesn't matter. And this is the other thing is that, but I've never I've never been accepted by Christians, so it doesn't matter to me. I listen to God first. That that is literally why I am like. I listen to what, and I don't talk to God every day. Um, there was a period where I thought, okay, this is not happening anymore. So maybe I was, and then suddenly it was there again. But point being, so mostly support, um, a lot of love, especially people where, where I'm living um, or people that's in our community where we live, a lot of love and support, yes. But I'm not expecting um Christians to suddenly now say, oh, now we're going to love you unconditionally and stuff. But my life should be a testimony that if you show people that love, and that's only what I'm doing, they can find, that's how you find God, because God is love. And that's, that's what it is. Do you, do you think that by leaving the church, the satanic church, it will create a stronger divide between Satanists and Christians? Yes, but it, it's supposed to because of what is going on in the world and what is going to happen for the next 2,000 years. It's supposed to create divide between light and dark. There's, there's going to be a bigger divide. And this is one of the other things. And again, I'm talking from what I the, the messages and information that I've got and what is being said to me through spirit is that I saw why COVID happened. I saw all of it. I saw the bigger plan of everything. So the people who couldn't handle that, they had to leave this planet because we are going into an age, and we can call it 2,000 years in human years if we want to. That is very important in terms of the separation of light and dark and for people to choose. Would you be able to talk about that more? Because it sounds... Anything that you I want mean, to talk about. You, Again, you I feel, you, you I feel, the bigger picture. yes, what? I feel safe with you. So you can ask me anything. What is that bigger picture? It's a lot of information. So do you have time? We've got time. <laughs> okay. So as as time begun. We were all one thing, connected, one thing. And we, as God, as a consciousness, as a collective, made choices. And we said that, as spirit, we said, or we felt, we need to have an experience that is separate from source. So we're going to create a place that is the furthest from who we are. Full of divide. 
So we, we, we are living, we are experiencing what we have created as that unit. And we had to separate. It's like a big geode, a crystal geode, separating into clusters. And each cluster has groups of souls with certain gifts. Okay? And as you said earlier, each cluster, each soul has certain gifts and abilities. We need each other to be able to grow back into each other as a bigger, as a much bigger presence and unity. It's about connecting. It's about coming back together because the separation is what is hurting. This is, this is what's going on in the world. We are separate. We are not. That's why people don't want to connect to each other. And we need to experience that. And it's, I know it's painful. A lot of the things that's been going on in the world and that we couldn't understand, and a lot of people still don't understand. I'm talking about disease, famine, hunger, everything that, that I've always wondered. Why is this happening? If there is a God, why is this happening? I got the answers to all of those things. Finally, I get it. It's us. We are, we are the, the, by judging people and not loving, we are separating ourselves further and further. So this choice of love, light, light and dark is about being in the light being yourself knowing god understanding to be able to grow and reach out and evolve as souls and we certainly do not come here one life we don't it's it's a constant thing and it evolves and because of things that that we've choices that we've made between lifetimes and in previous lifetimes, th certain things happen in this lifetime and in the next ones. And this is something beautiful is that I also, I, I, I wrote 740 pages from these conversations and I've, I've handwritten them. In that, the past two months or? In the past one month from conversations that, that I've been having with God, with spirit. And... What is, what is interesting is that a lot of people focus on the cross and the crucifixion because obviously, I mean, that's, that's salvation. I, I get it and I, and I agree with it. But the resurrection of Christ is what we need to focus on now. The resurrection of Christ showed us there is life after death. And there is. There is life after death. That's what the resurrection showed us. So Jesus didn't just come to this earth to sacrifice himself. He was a teacher. His message was love. And how do we bring that connection back? So that's a good question. Can I tell you the answer? Because for each person, and, and this is what I want to focus on with my work, because this is... The, the problem that we have is we think we all need to do it. There's a formula for everybody. But because of your soul, right? And this is the thing. We don't have souls. We are souls. This is what God has told me. We are souls. So you doing what you know is something you want to do. That's how you find what you're looking for. You're looking for connection. What are we doing right here? Do you feel the connection we have at the moment? 
No, you can be honest with me. I do, yeah. So by doing what your purpose is, that's how you find what you're looking for. That is how you experience what God is. Because at the end of the day, all of all of our gifts, which are very different, but nobody is more gifted than the next person. So we we just have very different gifts, all of us. But by doing that thing that you're meant to do, that's how you find it. I think a lot of people get lost within the system that was created. Yes, um, but it's meant to. And you don't have the opportunity to express and that's, follow that's, the, the things that you want to follow. That's the earth plane. But the beautiful thing, and, and this is part of the law of grace, is that at any time in your life, you can come back to who you are. And the work that I'm going to focus on, and it's not just me, there's a network of people that's coming together. The work that we're going to focus on is to connect people to themselves, who they are as divine consciousness. And these people that you're working with, are they Christian? Not, well, I don't, I, I would consider, again, it's a label, that, that it would be a label. So I would consider them Christian, yes, but would I consider Christians that not loving people Christians? No. I, two of the people come from a very Eastern background, um, three, no, four from a Jewish background, practicing certain things already, but that doesn't matter. It, this is the thing, people think, there, and again, that separation, religion is separating people. It's not about, it's about love. Mm. It, it is about love. God is love. And, and a friend of mine said as well, how many times are you going to, I said, I have to say it. This was, this, when I fell on my knees on the beach and I said to God, okay, I, thank you for this grace. What should I do? And he said, tell, show people it's love. And help help people to see themselves through my eyes and show people how to love themselves as Jesus loves us. That's it. So imagine, imagine people can, imagine you can see yourself through the eyes of God. That's what happened to me. So I love myself. I finally love myself because I, I, I see myself through the eyes of God. And I love myself as Jesus loves me. I think people can be very critical about themselves, you know. Yes. And uh, we see because our, of hurt. We see our flaws a lot more than other people do. So sometimes it takes that outside perspective to really see, I think, who you are and who you can be. Um, another thing I want to ask is you we speak a lot about separation and division. Do you think that, and I don't know if this matters to you, but do you think that you will ever be accepted into the Christian community fully? Or do you think that people will always see you as an outsider because of the fact that you were a Satanist and because that just you, that. you were gay as well? Yeah. I don't... Again, so it doesn't matter, but I'll answer the question. So no, I don't think so. And I, and I don't want it. I don't care. Um... I have made a decision, especially after th this last month, because initially I thought maybe this is now, and God showed me it's not important, because he, he, they, it's not in a church, it's not in a building. So you won't be going to no. church? No, for what? Why? Why should anybody? Because that was the first 2,000 years of religion. We are going into a time 
where it's going to be about finding it in here. That That is where we're going. And the people who would not have been able to keep up, they had to go home. And that is why this pandemic happened. And like you're saying, things do evolve and change. Do you believe that Christianity is the same as when it was first started? I don't know if that's the right way to say no. it, but do you think it has evolved? And do you think there's a lot of things that still need to change? Yeah, well, something that needs to change is I, I think Christians need to find Jesus, like in all honesty, because they, they and, and this was beautiful in one of these conversations, um, and it, it joins with the story. In one of the conversations I was having, this man that was involved with me in the apostolic church more than 20 years ago appeared like out of nowhere as I was having this one of these conversations. And he's like, he moved to Malpos recently. Um, how are you? I'm like, I'm going through a lot, but I'm okay. I can't talk about it. I'm not allowed to talk. And he's like, and he th thought I was still a, a Satanist, obviously. So he said to me, I don't know why, but I feel I have to tell you something like about the time that, you know, I knew you as a, like being involved in pastoral counseling stuff. And he so wishes that there can be a religion based on the teachings of Jesus because it's not Christianity. And that, that's how, that's how the Holy Spirit works. According to me, that was confirmation of the conversation I was having that morning. So someone can tell me this is cognitive dissonance. And I've, I've had those conversations with clo people close to me over the last week. I don't see the world that way anymore. And like I said, it was like, it's like going from the basement to the penthouse like that. And then I have Christians telling me, oh, but you haven't been a Christian. I've known pastors and ministers that's been Christians for more than 30 years. They still don't love people. So do you understand? Yeah. Um, if you, and that's why I say, if you question my salvation, I'm going to question the Holy Spirit in you. Because if you, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are the anointed. We are all the anointed if, when you have that. In the Christian religion, though, anyone can be saved. Yes. That, is that true? Yes, absolutely. And if, So why wouldn't they believe that you can? Because I'm not doing it in the way, most likely, that they would understand. And I also had Christians ask me, but you, you've never been a Christian, you've been a Satanist, why would Jesus appear to you and not us who have been? Then I'm like, I don't know, ask God, please. Pray, and I, it is my prayer, it, it is my prayer for everybody, to firstly experience grace, to actually feel what that feels like. It is amazing. There's a song, I know it's a cliche, amazing grace. I go and listen. That is, it, those things make sense to me now. When I l would listen to that, I was like, what, like whatever, what does that even mean? So there's many ways that we can experience it, but you don't, the beautiful thing is as well, you don't have to go and look for it in a church or whatever. It is available all the time. And that's why I also said, and I'm, I'm, it's, it's part of what I've written down, is God is literally everywhere, all the time. In, like, so if you go with a sincere heart and you ask it,
I know it will happen. Not you. I'm not telling you to do it. So I just want to, again, I, I want to be clear. I'm not telling people how to do it. This is what I know. You just so, want to share your experience. Yes. So if people would ask me, how would they, I'm like, and Christians as well, please go and pray and, and find it. Let Jesus show you his heart. Let God show you the love that is God. That is, that is literally my prayer for everybody. And, and, and when Christians come to me and say, oh, but this and why, I'm like, do you actually know God? Do you know what God can do? Because clearly, if you don't believe this, then you don't, and it's fine. Because God doesn't care. This is the beautiful thing. Do you think, and this is something I never understood, do you think God needs to be worshipped? I would say no. I would say no. No. We need God. God doesn't need us. There's, you see, there's all these things that I never understood my whole life. That I, it's like I get it. I, I, no, I do. I finally get it. And it's amazing. And that's why I want to share this. It's, it's not that, and I think a lot of people also think I'm doing this for, I don't know, publicity or this. No. I'm following what God is telling me to do. That, that is what I'm doing. And that's why I said to you, also, when we were starting to talk, I said yes to you. I'm not here to um, convince you or for you to get my message out. I resonate with who you are. I feel this is an emotionally safe space. And I said, I put it out there that because the initial video was answering all these questions from a few people and like from from a, like a rumor per perspective, people who heard the rumors because the church released a statement. I didn't know they were, I didn't know at the time what they were, but they did obviously to cover themselves, the satanic church. And within that week it started all the, and I'm like, I can't deal with this. So let me just put a video out to explain what happened. And it got very real. Do you understand? Mm. Because I was walking around with that for almost two months. You were holding on to it, yeah. And I couldn't tell. You could see you were very emotional in the video, and I can see that you're, you're still emotional about it. Of course, because it is it is something you feel. It's not something that you understand. It, it You can't cognitively, and certainly me as well. If, I, if this was me two months ago, and you would be sitting here talking to me, I'm like, I would be like, like, are you it's, high? It's, it's impossible you... to explain a feeling as well. Yes. I, I, you can never explain how something feels. The, and it's supposed to be. So something that I wanted to know was, obviously you were a very well-known figure within the satanic community. Um, are you looking to become a, a well-known figure or a leader within the Christian community as well? No. I, and this is another thing, because I have so many people now saying to me, I'm going to follow you and you're wise. This is not me. I'm not wise. This is God's wisdom. Do you understand? So people think I want to be like, I'll, I'll certainly teach. I'm going to teach love. That, that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to teach love. I'm going to heal people that need healing. That's going to come and say that I will do it. And I'm creating a network where even if you don't have money and you want to, there will be people that can heal you. And I will make sure it happens because that is the oath. Because I can't possibly, and I, I know I don't have to repay what, what I have received, but I see 
my purpose and I see, I, you know what was beautiful, Josh, sorry, I'm interrupting myself the whole time, is that when I saw, this was straight after I had the encounter with Christ, when I started having this conversation with God, I, I'm like, but okay, so I have to make choices here. Show me how my choices would play out. The thing that made me very sad is that I saw thousands and thousands of people that would not be helped if I don't do this. People that I have sole agreements with. Do you understand? So when I was involved with Satanism, people were scared to come to me, people that I'm supposed to help. Do you so they this were scared is, to ask for the help because they were intimidated by you yes, and your beliefs. Yes. So I can see how my choices, even now, everything, being here today, everything I'm doing from I listen to God and I want to see, and I have the gift of sight. So I want to see if I do this thing, how does that play out over a year, two years, 10 years, till the end of my life? And I can see that. I can, and that's why I left the South African Satanic Church. That's why I resigned. Do you understand? Yeah, okay. I do. So, I mean, are there anything, is there anything that you learned during the time? I want, basically, what I'm trying to ask is, is there anything that you learned from Satanism that, do you you mean the, still, that you would still practice today? Is the, the values and the, 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 the kind of morals behind it? Or is everything completely opposite? That's a very good question. I'm glad you're asking it. So, the one thing I can give to Satanism because is, I don't want I don't want no 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 people to a, think that Satanism is they're bad people. Or no, anything. that's what I no yeah. no 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 they're not. God loves them. I love them. Do you understand that? So they are not. Nobody is a bad person. Do you know that as well? Nobody. It doesn't matter what they do in the world. And I'm not saying doing things that hurt other people is okay. Because I've seen what, why people do that and what the consequences are. But nobody in their essence is bad. People are hurt. They do certain things. And the experience or the exchange between two people when that happens is also for a reason. It's literally seeing it through a completely different yeah, but the one thing that I would give Satanism is allowing other people to make their own choices and saying that if I, if, if you expect me to give you the right to privacy or respect you, I, you deserve it back type of thing. So that, but... But I, I interrupted you as well. So out of all of the things you learned during that time and all of the values and um, kind of in, uh, morals instilled within Satanism. Is there anything that you you would still hold on to? No. So it's completely opposite to the way you're living life now. Yeah. Because I'm not hurt anymore, and I mean, I get emotional about things and stuff. That's not hurt. Being emotional is is honest. It's it's. But in terms of the anger, which is pain, that type of thing, I'm completely healed from that. So if I was angry, yes, certainly I can tell you a lot of things that I would. But the whole philosophy, I mean, 
and again, truth being told, we're going to talking about Satanism in the broader sense of where it started. Everything was copied from different things. You can go and do the research. I'm not talking about stuff I'm not supposed to talk about. The, the, the whole Satanic Bible, it was literally copied from different texts and put together as a philosophy. Because it resonated with Anton LaVey at the time, and he put it out. And so many people were angry, an anti-peace movement type of thing, that they followed that. And it's, it's okay. It also needed to happen. And when you were a Satanist, yes. when, like, when we had our conversation, the things you said about Satanism, were those things that you believed? Or were you so angry and hurt that you were saying them and it wasn't necessarily what you believed, but you wanted to say it? The latter, yes. So you didn't actually believe it? <gasps> well, necessarily. What, what specifically? So I'm, About I'm it. About the religion, because obviously you were a huge ambassador for Satanism. Yes. Um, at the time, and you were saying that. But if so, I, I, I completely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you mean, what I'm asking is when you say believe in terms of um, live it or in terms of practice what you preach, what, which part? Like when I say, did you believe it? Was, so remember that. Did you, did you believe as strongly at the time in Satanism as you do now in Christianity? I don't believe in Christianity. I believe in God. Okay. I believe what I've seen in my eyes. I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm a believer. Um, it's, I don't believe in Christianity because it's a religion. I don't think religion and being religious is good for the world. And it doesn't represent the true essence of Christ or God. That's what I believe. Because it's once again creating it's those separation. And we are all equally God's children, the, the, the grace, compassion, love is equal for everybody. So certain religions would teach you, and I'm not saying specific ones, that this person is more deserving and this one is going to go to heaven, that one is to hell. And No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It works very, very differently um, than how I initially thought and I think how a lot of people think. But again, and I don't, I don't need people to agree with me I really don't. Um, because I've had an incident a week ago where people are, like, people are saying they don't agree. I'm like, no, I don't care. I'm doing what I'm being told to do. And my focus, my focus is not to defend this or prove it. My focus is to do the work. So my focus is to heal people. Because this gift, this thing, is too beautiful I had to go through certain experiences to help people like me. I get it. I, 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 I actually, finally, I get it. I get it. Like, I was so angry at God, at religion, at Christians, at da -da 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 -da, for hurting me. And da -da. But would I be in a place then today where I would say, I need to help people like that. No. So that's what's going to happen now. So that's what you want to do going forward. Yes. And I mean, just coming towards the end, what is, I know you've spoken about it a little bit, but what is your plan from here on out? Okay. Like what is your, what is the next step for you? So at the moment I have about, 
let's say 20, it's maybe a little less, other people that I've known for quite a while that, that are gifted and heal it. And there's certainly more people. This is the other thing we should actually show people their gifts and train them because the world needs the love and the healing. But with those people to create a network where everybody is very gifted in their own way. We're not gifted in similar ways. But to have a network where anybody for spiritual and emotional, those two reasons, would be able to come and say, I need help, I need the healing, and to show them, because God heals. And I didn't think he really does, or them, that, that they really do, but God heals. And are you guys going to be working out of a center or a... So a network, and specifically the word network, is that everybody has their practices already. But the hub, the initial contact, would be me, my office, my assistant. And from there, we either go to where it's a training you go, would you or... We, I send them to people in the network. And into like treatment centers and into maybe prison facilities or yes. would you consider doing that kind of thing? Yeah, it's already happening. Amazing. Yeah. So, and it's about paying it forward. Showing the love that you've received. And I'm not even just talking about religion. I'm just talking about just being a good human being. Yes. Because it's... Uh, as someone who understands in a different way the pain you've gone through, feeling like an outcast, an outsider. Yes. Um, you know, I try as much as I can to just show compassion for people. You're doing good, Josh. And You're doing good. Recognize that I am in a position to to do some sort of good with my life, you know? Yes. Um, and I think that's just an important mm. thing is whether it's religious, whether it's not, whether in it, no matter who you are, I think it's just about showing people love because at the moment yes. the world is going through so much and I, for one, have had enough of feeling rejected mm. and also rejecting others. You yes. know, I think it's time we all just come together. And I know this is obviously... Yeah, it's something that is not going to happen in no, a, for a long a, time. Yeah, but it's a beautiful thing to put out there. Yeah. Because I'm very realistic. God gave us a mind for a reason. So I know it's not happening tomorrow. But in the bigger picture, I've seen how much that little bit matters. In the video, I, I thanked someone called Adele Frey. And she was like, but... For what? I've done a little thing. I've done such a simple little thing. I just loved you. And I'm like... That was enough. For someone that, 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 that didn't know what that would feel like, after the way I've treated her to do that. Do you understand? So we c this, is, this is the other thing. Like I know a lot of people go like, that little but I'm not really making it. It makes a difference because listening to that love part of yourself, that, 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 that center in our chest that says, help this person, do this one thing, it might be a little thing. The difference, the way the energy mm. moves out, the consequences from that, because everything is consequence on this plane, on this earth plane. Every, every choice we make has consequence. That's, that's what happens. So 
the consequence and reaction it has, that one little good thing, as opposed to the hurt and the stuff, is way more powerful. It's a big ripple effect. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and I see it, you know. Um, you don't have to sacrifice your whole life to do this, but no. like you say, just sometimes a good hug when you're not feeling so good yes. can go a long way. And I mean, look what it's done to you. Yes. Look how much it's changed the and, way you and, see things. And that is exactly what I want my life to be, like a testimony of that, of small things and the effect it has. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Rian. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I'm so honored that you, that you said yes to coming on and sharing your story. And I know everyone will really appreciate it as well. It's, it's a fascinating yeah. story. And thank you for holding this space. It's, it's this a, incredible, my pleasure. <laughs> incredible safe space for people to be able to come and tell their stories. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Wide Awake Podcast. It's been awesome. And I'll see you all very soon. Cheers. We're done. <laughs> Are you happy? Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Ria. Give me a hug. Of course. Give me a hug. I want a nice big one.